everybody? It's your boy Chaz Pearson, and this is the Outlet Flow with my esteemed co-host Chris Camello. What up, Chris? What up? What up? Thank God that All Star Weekend is behind us. Thank God we got another great episode for you guys this week. We got Anthony Rendon making some very questionable comments. Doc Rivers in the news: Can he pull it together in Milwaukee? And is LeBron's farewell tour coming soon? We got all that coming up. But first, like you said, Chris, that All Star Weekend, man. It wasn't, look, there was a lot of questionable stuff, a lot of good stuff, actually. A lot of some quality stuff, some wholesome stuff, and some very questionable stuff that happened throughout the entire weekend over and over and over again. Chris, what did you make of, now, I can't, I got to start first. Let's start in sequential order with the celebrity game. This just really quick. I, I thought that was actually one of the best celebrity games that we've seen in quite some time. Why? Because we had NFL stars, Puka Nakua and Michael Parsons dunking the ball over and over, got some good shots. I think it was Team Shannon Sharp who beat Team Stephen A. Good trash talk back and forth. I gave that a solid 8 or 9 out of 10. Very entertaining. What did you make of it? Yeah, that w- I, I didn't like the stupid gimmicks on it. Uh, I didn't like the, you know, crunch time. I thought they kind of overdid it. Uh, I mean, the crunch time was all right. I think they've been doing that for the last few years. They kind of overdo it, did it. But yeah, Team Shannon, what a pickup Micah Parsons was and what a game plan. Get the ball to him and get out of the way. Uh, and by the way, shout out to LA, LA Rams Offensive Rookie of the Year, or at least should have been Rookie of the Year. With, uh, with with Puka Nakua, two slam dunks and a clutch four pointer to help with, along with the help of Michael Parsons, helped lead Team Shannon to a victory. That was pretty cool. And I got to say, Puka Nakua looked very natural as a basketball player. Chaz, he looked fantastic. Like that dude could yeah. be playing on an NBA roster right now. It just goes to show you these aren't just football players; they are at like Cuba Gooding said in, in Jerry Maguire. I'm an athlete. I am not an entertainer. <laughs> Hey, Puka was doing his thing. That second dunk really got me. I was like, oh, wow, he got up. But um, I thought the celebrity game was cool. But then we get into the rising stars. And I think this is where you oh. have a little bit of an issue. Um, I, I don't like the format, for one. I think we just need to go back to a USA versus world or rookies versus sophomores. And I don't like the form. I don't like splitting teams up into four different teams and tournament style. It just brings the energy down. It should just be one game like it used to be, just like grandmama used to make it, damn it. But, Chris, what did you make of not only the game but the format? I did not like the fact that Victor Wembanyama was getting his, his shit mm. taken or his lunch taken by G-leaguers that were just coming off from working, I think you said something off the air. What was it exactly? It was a guy that did what? Okay, so first of all, let me. you talked about Wemby. Wemby got punked by Team Detlef, which, by the way, he drew the short straw. At least he was supposed to draw this short straw. By the way, Indiana Pacer, great. Detlef Shrimp also played for the Blazers, played for the Seattle Sonics, had a solid, I think, 11, 12-year career. Underrated, underrated player. And he had the G-leaguers. You know, everyone else, Powell had a loaded squad. And Wemby was soft as Charmin. My goodness, I've never seen a guy have all of a sudden Kwame Brown hands when it comes to grabbing a rebound. And the G-Leaguers, they were make they weren't out there to make a statement. But also, too, where was Brandon Miller? Where was Jaime Hawkes? A lot of the guys on Powell's team, and you could see when Powell was calling time out, he was disgusted with his team's effort. But shout out to the G-Leaguers. They came to play. But yes, what I said was Matis Buzelis, who hit the game-winning shot over the number two pick, Brandon Miller, very talented player out of Alabama playing for the Charlotte Hornets this year and is in the middle of a great stretch. I mean, this was a guy who literally looked like he clocked out at target at 5 p.m. after stocking 69-cent-pound bananas uh, in the produce section of Target, made his way to uh, to Gainhouse uh, Arena, whatever, whatever the Pacers' home arena. No, no, they played at Lucas Oil Stadium. Made his way to Lucas Oil yeah, Stadium Lucas Oil. and then punked Brandon Miller on that game-winning shot. So, yes, it was a bad showing for a lot of the rookies. I did, however, like Benedict Matherin. He put on a show 
for the hometown Indianapolis crowd. I like the smack talk on Jaden Ivey. <coughs> what do you say? Uh, even in a Rising Stars game, you can't guard me, bro. And Jaden Ivey didn't even know that, that was real. He was just like, say what now? He, and he went right head to head. Even in a Rising Stars game, you can't guard me, bro. Like, that was awesome. That's what I'm talking about, Benedict Mathen. Okay. So Benedict Mathen carried that over to the next night in the skills competition. So, and here's the thing. With the skills competition, you had the number one picks in Victor Wembanyama and uh, Paolo Bencaro and Anthony Edwards. Very disappointed in Anthony Edwards, by the way. This oh, he had the worst weekend out of anybody. Edwards. Yeah, go ahead. Wanted, wanted just have, have fun. Like, he had an opportunity to seize the moment, be on the center stage. You play in Minnesota, you don't get, yeah, you're the number one, number one or number two seed in the West, number two, I think it is. No, number one. Number one seed in the West, and people still don't know who you are. And this was an opportunity to showcase your skills as an all-star, first-time all-star. Right. And you over here throwing up left-handed shots in the skills competition and, you know, costing women, Victor Women. Yeah, we actually wanted to win that. Paolo Mincaro and Edwards did not try at all. But then you had Benedict Matherin, Tyrese Halliburton, Miles Turner take it very serious. Mm-hmm. Won the whole thing. Yeah, there was another group. I forgot what was the other group. The other group of three. It was uh, um, it was Team Pacers, also Team Number did, One Picks. It was. God, why am I blanking on this right now? Oh, it was uh, it was the All Stars. Maxi, Maxi Brown, uh, Barnes, and somebody else. Trey Young, Trey Young. Yeah, those were the three. Yeah, and they and they were just too 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 cool too cool for school pretty much and. They just lost, right? So that was just very that wasn't entertaining to me. The skills competition that needs to be uh, revamped as well because this three team relay shit that they got going on definitely not working out. So we're there's two events that we're already talking about: the Rising Stars and the skills competition definitely needs a revamp. What doesn't need a revamp at all because it's good as shit is not only the three point competition but the Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry competition that can be expanded as well, which I think they're going to do next year, possibly reportedly they've been talking about that since that went pretty well with Steph Curry out shooting uh, Sabrina by three points. But then you had Damian Lillard go back to back on his three point shootout, winning it by pretty much one money ball over Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young. I want, I lost a bet on that. I had Trey Young winning the whole entire thing would have won a nice piece of change if he would have just made one more money ball. But Dame won it back-to-back, and that competition, three-point shooting, doesn't need to be changed whatsoever. Chris, what did you make of it? Yeah, I agree. That was definitely – that portion of the All-Star weekend was probably the best portion. And by the way, shout-out to Dame. Dame showed up. Dame was one of the few guys this weekend that showed up, and I don't know if it's because – you know, dealing with the frustration and the anger and everything that's been going on with Milwaukee, with the coaching firing, with them losing to, again, a bunch of G-leaguers in Memphis that Thursday night, which was absolutely disgraceful. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, but yeah, no, he he took it seriously. I mean, uh, you know, he hit two shots in the parking lot on Sunday night in the All-Star game, but it was good to see him really get get after it. And I thought a lot of the guys shot well in the three-point shootout. It's It was really cool. What do we have, a, a four-way tie before the final? So we had to have all four shooters go at it again. So yeah, that was good. And you know what? Shout out to Sabrina, man. That is a fluid stroke she's got. And I know a lot of people oh, yeah. were like, well, why wasn't she using the NBA ball? Because she was using the WNBA ball. I mean, that's just what, what it is. The fact that she was shooting it from distance, I think that's that that's the bigger uh, story right there. And Steph needed all 29 of those points, Chaz, to beat her. I mean, that's that's really what it came down to. And Steph needed to get hot those final two racks. So it's a, it was a great competition. They're thinking about expanding it next year. You get the WNBA audience in there. It's kind of like a little gender role uh, uh, uh old school like you know boys versus girls kind of a thing men versus women you kind of have the the, the two gender squirt scoring off why not you have that in hell's kitchen gordon ramsey does men versus women red team versus blue team so why not do it in you know for, for a three-point shootout i don't understand what the big deal about her shooting with the women's ball was if she's a woman oh i didn't or, care i'm just saying that was a controversy no, I, though. I, yeah. I, yeah i don't i don't know why 
there was any controversy, even in surrounding Kenny's comments about, you know, just making a play on what some other people said about, I think, what, what do you say about, like, just something pertaining to the fact that she can't shoot or that she's a girl or that, you know, just, just something to put her down. But it wasn't that he was saying it. Somebody else, he was repeating what somebody else said, and it just wasn't a good look. But either way, I liked the way the competition went, and it just went into the dunk contest which needs a whole different revamping because guys just aren't creative enough. And I know the dunk contest, like you've seen so many dunks, but like you just have to give a shit and you have to practice and you can't just come out and throw down a dunk that you're that we've seen. That If you are throwing down a dunk that we've seen in a game, Jalen Brown, you shouldn't be in the dunk contest and have fun with it. But he was, he was even worse than, um, Hotez. I thought Hotez actually was trying to do some creative stuff, but he just, he isn't a dunker like that, so he couldn't convert. And then you had McClung, who was better last year than he was this year, but won by default because well, he set the get their shit together. Jazz, you know I mean? Jazz, don't forget. Hotez needs a revamping entirely. For sure. Uh, first of all, Mac McClung wasn't as exciting last year because he set the bar so high the year before, and I think everyone saw him coming this year. Not to mention, I mean, that being said, he was still fantastic. And the issue was the judges, Gary Payton, Mitch Richards, yes. Fred Jones, Dominique Wilkins, and some dude named Hillman who had to open his eyes Darnell. up. Darnell Hillman, uh, slam dunk championship, uh, slam dunk champion from 77. So you've got a lot of old school guys in there with a little bit of hate in their hearts. And because they were so bad judging, they they were they gave all this rope to or all this runway I should say to Jalen Brown and the biggest losers out of that were Jacob Toppin and Jaime Hawkins who were in my opinion much better yeah. than Jalen Brown even Jacob Toppin like after some of his dunks that were tough dunks he's looking over like what like like what do I have to do over here what do I have to do over here and if any of these guys had cojones they Especially would go up to those dudes and be like hey Mitch. Person. Mitch, you were known for shooting and not passing the ball. You won a championship, you know, basically sitting at the end of the bench in 02 with the Lakers. What the hell do you know about dunking? No disrespect. And GP, you know, when was the last time you got four inches off the ground, big dog? You were known to throw lob passes for slam dunks. Damn, Chris. Okay. Look, 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 look. At the end no, of the no, day, no, 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 no. Those guys and Fred I, I Jones, just... Fred Jones's career uh, lasted about as long as, as an egg timer. Let's be honest. Maybe they can't get some people to do All Star Maybe that's well, wow. oh, here comes that excuse, Rolodex. All Star. Maybe oh, I'm just saying. Maybe All Star Weekend is just losing some steam, or maybe they just keep holding it in shit cities like Indiana or Minnesota or wherever else they decide to keep having or Charlotte or wherever else trying to do, or next year Milwaukee. Stop mm -hmm. doing that. Like yeah, if but you want people, if you want the stars to show up, if you want people to give a shit, throw some money around actually pay these guys more than twenty five or a hundred thousand dollars for the all-star game. I hate that you have to do it, but it is what it is. But let's just get into the actual game itself, Chris. I actually didn't have an issue with the way that the game was played. Would I have liked there to be been more defense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish what guys would have been more competitive. But here's the deal. I think I heard Malika Andrews make of such a profound point. And she talked and she said on the low post with Zach Lowe that Kobe Bryant had a famous quote before he died saying that guys play harder in summer league or, or at the drew or right. wherever pick up, pick up games at UCLA. And the reason why that is, and the reason, or Rico Hines with UCLA uh, right. famous runs with James Harden and, and a bunch of other NBA players in the summertime. Malika said that when you have those kinds of runs, even though you may have some stars out there, you're always going to, you're going to have, at least half the guys on the floor be guys that are still trying to make it, who give a shit, who force the guys who may not to play better. And also because those guys that are in those runs, even if you are a star, you're working towards the season in the real game. Mm -hmm. In the all-star game, you're not working towards anything. You're not trying anything. And we have this culture now. It's been years of it because we haven't had a competitive all-star game fully all the way without any kind of gimmicks except for the Chicago all-star game, which was really great. And that was after Kobe died. And the first time we had a different format, 
that was like the really the last really competitive really good one but before that for years they just haven't been competitive especially since kobe retired right kobe would be competitive in those games right wayne wade broke his nose in an all-star game for god's sake so 2012 i think i say all that to say yeah i i just i just don't think the money is going to solve it. It can help, but it's really a, a deep-rooted culture mm-hmm. with the NBA, and the guys just don't have to try hard, which is why Anthony Edwards is talking about throwing up nothing but left-handed shots instead of going for all-star MVP when he has not only the talent, but the cachet, the charisma, the game, everything to be able to do that, which to me was disappointing. And great points by the way and i agree i couldn't agree with you more actually this is not about a money issue nor should it be about a money issue uh this is about pride at least it once was you know guys would go out there because we've had this for a number of years and people were like you know uh oh well the 90s was the best all-star games i would say early to early and mid 2000s even up until we're in 2024 go back about yeah, oh, oh, no, no, you're talking about 03. Jordan's last one, that was a good one. No, no, oh, 02, Allen Iverson, Kobe Bryant. Oh, oh, 01, oh, 01, oh, 01. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, oh, one. I'm sorry. No, no, and oh, 01 was on in Philly. You're right, oh, 02 was in Philly. Oh, 01 was in D.C. Oh, 01 was yeah. in D.C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, 02. Oh, 02 was oh, 02 one. was good. That's when Kobe got booed in the intros when they were in Philly. Yeah, I, I, I remember that one. But oh, 03. Really quick, really quick, Chris, really quick, really quick. Top all-star games of all time. 92 Magic, 98 Jordan, New York, mm-hmm. 03 Jordan, Atlanta, 02 Philly, or AI, 01. Kobe. Are you talking when the East came back and beat them 01, with Marbury? 01, oh, okay, 01 DC. Yes. All right. Yeah. That 01? Yeah. Okay, 01, 01 DC. Yeah. And then, you, and then uh, number five would be. Uh, I would say 2012 Orlando. 2012 Orlando, where yes, Kobe okay, said to LeBron, I, you shouldn't have shot or something like that. He got in LeBron's head. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was, that, really, that was, yeah, that was that a really was good all-star game. Uh, okay, I agree with you. Yeah. So those those ones were about pride because you had guys who were legitimate gamers. Even go back, go back to like all-star games 2011, 2012, 2013. You had the Boston Celtics squads. You know, you had Kevin Garnett with Pierce and those guys, they would kind of get into it a little bit. Kobe igniting the Western Conference All-Star. Even a guy like Chaz, don't forget, D. Rose was a gamer, man. He he got into it in those All-Star games. And and like you said, Wade breaking Kobe's nose. I'm not saying it's got to get to that extreme, but you normally saw, okay, we'll see the gimmicks in the first half, the, 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 the three-point shots, the lobs, all that silly stuff. And then the second half, let's buckle down a little bit let's play some defense let's let's give this let's actually put on a competitive show right and we just have not seen that since 2020 and i just think it's the culture of where these guys are at now they're making too much money they're worried more about their personal brands there is this aspect of what's in it for me now that's really what it is and it's the wrong like i can understand stay with me on this i can understand lebron maybe not being as interested 20 all-star games. I get it. Kevin Durant, maybe. Maybe Kawhi. Maybe some of these other veteran all-stars. That would make a little bit of sense to me. But Anthony Edwards, what have you done to basically take a back seat and phone it in and shoot left-handed? You haven't done shit in this league, bro. And I'm a huge Ant-Man fan. You know that, Shaz. Love what he's doing in Minnesota, but let's be honest. In the grand scheme of things, you have not accomplished anything. Jalen Brown, highest paid all-star. Very intellectual, smart guy, really good basketball player. You trying to say, well, guys are trying to figure out how to play this game without getting hurt and being sick. Come on, JB. Don't, don't, don't do the cop out, dude. You're too smart. You're too good for that. All of these younger players. And then like Luca and Joker phoning it in. Like that was just bad for the game. I thought both of them were collective. To be honest, dude, it was a They're bad just bad week. all-star players. It was, They're just bad all-star players. Yeah, exactly. First of all, they look like they, they should should have been playing bocce ball and eating chivapchichi on the freaking sidelines over there. That's what those guys look like that they should have been doing instead of playing basketball. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say but it's disinterested outside of, stars. Outside of, outside of Giannis and Wimby, when he becomes an all-star, Wimby is going to be an amazing all-star player. The kind of stuff that he's gonna be doing, like, like I get Paul Baker is having a better year. He's been nails for their, the Magic, but I do think that 
Wimby should have been an all-star this year. Even though there were so many other great players that, that, that got snubbed, I can't yeah. wait to see Wimby in an all-star game. But sure. just, and I'll... last point on this before 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 we move on. Last yeah, point yeah. On this. But yeah, I I just th- I just think that ultimately guys it, they're just entitled. We're we have a different generation. It's part of the culture. Guys yeah. just don't want to compete on that level unless it's for the championship because they know that unless you have rings, you're not going to get the credit. So why go hard in an all-star game where I'm not going to get have any kind of incentive? That's their thinking when they don't realize that the court of public opinion actually weighs a lot more on those games than it does in the playoffs sometimes. Like they're them not trying. And this goes back to even Jimmy Butler before almost like eight years ago. Remember when Jimmy Butler was an all-star? Mm-hmm. This is when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. And he and he just decided not to play. And he said, no, put somebody else in. And it's like, to me, I thought that was just a complete disrespect to the game. Like, let somebody else be an all-star if you're just saying, no, I'm just going to sit on the bench. Like, I don't even want to play. Like, just let somebody else be an injury replacement. This goes back further than just Ant Edwards and the, and the players and the new age players right now. Yeah, it, it goes back even further. So without getting too, too deep, deep in it and moving on real quick. Can I make one more comment? These about players the- just got to ask themselves question in the mirror go ahead oh you know like i said dude i I agree with you i just want to point out one other aspect of it and i because i know larry bird was around this weekend he was sort of an ambassador for indiana as was reggie miller jalen rose uh there there, there were you know a a few others uh, out there and even larry had a speech but larry's speech here's the problem and i'm going to call out larry legend just for a second here that falls on deaf ears when you're not doing really your part as an ambassador to the game. And, and, and do you know how I know that? Jason Tatum talked, I forgot who he talked with before the game, said, I just met Larry Bird for the first time. Larry Bird, Boston Celtics legend, against a, a meeting perhaps a future Celtics legend in Jason Tatum. Tatum's been in the league, I believe this is his seventh season. That shows a disconnect between Larry Legend and Boston, and for that matter, the rest of the league. And I get it. These guys have families. They got businesses. They're doing this. They're doing that. Larry was with Indiana for a long time as a, um, a whatchamacallit, a uh, you know president of basketball operations. But that kind of disconnect, if you have that, your words of you got to go out there and you got to play hard, man, like me and Magic and Jordan and all of us did back then, that's going to fall on deaf ears, man. Like, who the hell are you? I don't even know who you are. I barely met you. You know what I mean? That, to me, I'm not saying that's the reason why these guys are disinterested, but you can't say something like go out and play hard and be disappointed if they don't, if you're not doing your part to connect to some of these kids that might need some of that schooling of the old school nature and what we used to do and everything. That's the only thing I'll say on that. Well said. I got nothing for it. Guess what? You know what else is happening? In terms of not playing hard, I'll tell you on the other side of this break. You know what? Here's to going for it and being terrible. Here's to giving it a shot, even though your shot is uh, garbage. To being the queen of the court. Oh, maybe not this court. To feeling the burn, even if there shouldn't be a burn to feel. To trying your best, even though your swing is the worst. Here's to going down way harder than you get back up. Possibly one more ball. To giving it your all. Even though you kind of suck. But you know what doesn't suck? (laughs) Trying to do something you've never done before. That doesn't suck at all. Not even a little. Welcome back to the Outlet Forum. In case you haven't already done so, be sure to download and follow all our shows on all major streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, we're on Google Play, and of course, we're on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that five-star rating, drop a comment, Let's get that dialogue started. You could also follow us on our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at the Outlet Forum. That's at 
the outlet form. Chaz, well, LeBron, LeBron didn't just make news over the weekend because he sat out the second half for a bum ankle, which will keep him out of Thursday night's uh, game uh, up in uh, San Francisco as the Lakers take on the Warriors. But he also made news for what he said about a farewell tour. And if, you know, when the time finally comes that he, father time has gotten him, or if he decides to leave on his own, he would not be comfortable with a farewell tour. Take a listen to what he had to say. I have left. Um, I know it's not that many. Um, I also don't know if I will. I was asked this question a couple of days ago. Will you kind of take the farewell tour or will you kind of just Tim Duncan it? <laughs> I'm 50-50. Um, I'm going to be honest because there's times where I feel like I guess I owe it to my fans that's been along this journey with me for two decades plus to be able to give them that moment, you know, where it's every city and whatever the case may be, and, you know, they give you your flowers, whatever the case may be, you know, and, and, and that seems cool. Um, but the other side of, I've never been that great with um, accepting like praise, it's a, it's a weird feeling for me. Um, I've never really talked about it much, but it's just a weird feeling for me. You know what this reminds me of, Chaz? This reminds me of, yeah, I really don't want a party for my birthday. I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't, but deep down, we all know we want a party, right, Chaz? We all want to be. Absolutely. We all want to be mobbed by our family and friends, and in Chaz's case, line them up. What? A couple rounds of Ciroc, Patron. What's your What's your poison, dog? Jameson, Jameson ginger ale. There it is. There it is. I'm I'm a whiskey guy myself, more Crown Royal, but I'll mess with Jameson. So when I hear that from LeBron, it's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Twenty two years probably it's going to be before he actually hangs it up. He'll be forty one. One of the greatest careers. Like him, hate him, respect him. An amazing career. Why wouldn't you want a farewell tour? So yeah, this to me is like, come on, Bron, seriously? Yeah, I mean, I think that he wants a farewell tour, but I do buy the fact that he's 50-50 on it. Not if he wants a farewell tour, but he doesn't know how he's going to retire. You just don't know how it's going to end. Like, for Kobe, he told us when he retired at the beginning of that 2015-2016 season, I think it was during the preseason when he like made the announcement right mm -hmm. um he just said i just don't want to do this anymore mm -hmm. like just flat out and i i could not believe how much i understood him like if i would have thought to myself before man when the day kobe retires or announces he retires it's gonna feel like a punch in the stomach but how everything led up for him didn't hurt with his achilles and then the knee injury buckling in memphis and then the show, the labrum in New Orleans, like it was just thing after thing after thing. Right. And for the rotator cuff, I believe it was, by the time he retired, it's just like, all right, come on, man. LeBron is completely different. He doesn't, he's not having these catastrophic injuries. He's ending the season walking off the floor, maybe limping, maybe being sore, but he's walking off the floor on his own volition and his own power. And he's the greatest. 18th 19th 20th season player in the history of the nba let alone almost the greatest player of all time in the history of the nba according to some so for him he wants a farewell tour i think but i i just don't think that he knows how or when he's going to retire and exactly what it's going to look like but i think he plays two more years mm -hmm. three more years actually after next season i think he plays 23 total seasons two years I, I, that's that's two my thing on two more years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 20, Twenty-three I, total seasons. Lakers go and get Bronny this summer, even if you have to give up a second-round pick for him, even if you got to trade up to get a first-round pick for him, even if it's a trade back to get him. You got to go get Bronny, keep LeBron, have him retire as a Laker. Anybody that's saying that he's going to, to the Knicks or going back to Cleveland or he's not going to retire in any other jersey other than a Laker because 
he wants all the adulation the same way Kobe got on his way out. Yeah, you know, I do agree with how it's going to look, when it's going to be, but, you know, I I don't know if that was the basis of the comments. I think it was just about, you know, the the part to me was I've never been comfortable with adulation and praise. This was a guy who self-claimed himself the GOAT watching. That's that's one ear and out the other. That's yeah, one yeah. Year right. No. And that's what I'm saying. So it's those kind of comments within the context that to me, it's, it, it draws the eye roll, you know, but yeah, like I remember Tim Duncan kind of went out unceremoniously, you know, he had yes. had some injury. He had some injury issues. We all kind of knew that it was his last season, but then again, Tim Duncan was not the personality of a LeBron James or a Kobe Bryant. He wasn't as celebrated really outside the realm of San Antonio as a as an actual like people respected him he was obviously a legend of the game to me greatest power forward ever to play this game uh five-time nba champion but like that to me makes sense okay you don't want a farewell tour because you're a low-key guy Kawhi leonard if he were to retire tomorrow yeah okay that makes sense no farewell tour fits your personality durant 50 50. i i that would be an interesting one right there you know i mean how would this guy be celebrated you know, it, would he actually want a tour? Probably. So th- there is that aspect of it. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, he's going to want it. it, you know, like him or hate him. Every arena is going to give him a rousing ovation because he has accomplished so much as a, as a, as a pro basketball player. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So I can't wait until it comes. I can't wait until it happens. It's going to be great. Actually, I take that back. I can't wait because I do think LeBron James has that lead one more championship in them and that's if the lakers can get their act together and have a great offseason and bring in a star for next season because anthony davis is playing like he's worth that 62 million a year and they have the pieces to go and get somebody like trey young or donovan mitchell we'll see what happens this summer but there's another player and another team or former player i should say that has an issue with the way that Doc Rivers is conducting himself. Not only is Doc Rivers saying that it's just hard and having comments, but J.J. Redick has taken issue with, not with Doc Rivers saying that it's hard, but just making excuses. J.J. Redick, take a listen. Conference. Side note real quick, no one's going to react to Doc's audio there. We've been here yeah, seven you heard, minutes oh. since we showed that audio. Nobody's going to react to Doc's audio. Do you want me to get it oh, Doc, hey, for you? He's Look, doing, he's doing the toughest task. We don't have to repeat it. I can repeat I, I've it. I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle of the season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no <laughs> – there's never accountability with that guy. Well, there's never say, accountability. Well, let me say a couple of things. Number one. Okay, so, Chris, I think this has gotten a little deeper than I think it really should have gotten. Um, I think J.J. Redick feels a certain way towards Doc Rivers personally as a person – not as a coach that sparked that kind of reaction from him on, on uh, first take. I think J.J. Redick in general, just as an aside, is just way overly aggressive when <laughs> talking about, like, if you're more aggressive than that, the, the mad dog Russo, like, oh, bro, yeah, calm down. Like you, And the reason why Stephen A. has to give out some kind of disclaimer midway through the show is because J.J. Redick looks like he's legit pissed off, turning red, ready to smack the shit out of Stephen A. So love the show, guys, but I, <laughs> I think it's it's not being blown out of context as much as some people say that it is. But I do think that Doc Rivers is making excuses. But if that's the case, then don't take the job. It's yeah. going to be hard. And the reason why you took it is so that way you could coach one of the greatest players that's in the game. You couldn't turn that down. Two of the greatest players in the game, and Dame and Giannis. So you know this is probably your, your last chance at coaching an NBA team on a head coach position if you, if you don't get this done in some capacity. And you can't go out here 
in front of the media and saying that it's hard and it's difficult. And I wanted to wait until after the All-Star break to come on. And this and that. And this is why I wanted to avoid a three and seven start. Who cares? Nobody wants to hear all that shit. No. If you took the job, if you're on the floor, we don't want to hear why how you're injured or hurt. We hear about how you're hurt, not if you're injured. Same thing with Doc Rivers as a coach. We don't want to hear that it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. There's only 30 of these jobs in the world. Yeah. Yes, it's hard. Fuck. So <laughs> I didn't like that, but I also didn't like JJ Reddick coming at him like like personally on that level. I do get that Doc Rivers makes excuse, excuses, blows leads, has milked that 2008 championship for everything that it's worth, and then some the entire Boston Celtics team has, by the way. But I get it. I just didn't think that two, two wrongs don't make a right, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So let's get to Doc first. Um, you know, we knew there was going to be a period of transition. Um, and outside of Mike D'Antoni, who did it early in the season, remember he took over for Mike Brown in the 2012-2013 season, took over for a weekend at Bernie's, Bernie Bickerstaff. And I always think it's so difficult to hire a new coach outside of the actual coaching staff when a coach is fired. So because you're coming in midseason, no training camp, you're inheriting a coaching staff, which can be tricky because a lot of guys may think, you know, I should have had that intern job. We were on the right track. What's this guy going to do? Now, granted, it is Doc Rivers. Well-respected. And here's a, a kind of a lukewarm take. Let's be honest. More than likely, he's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame as a head coach. With all the miscoming, the shortcomings and, you know, all the issues, the blown 3-1 leads, more than likely he's headed to Springfield as a head coach uh, in the Hall of Fame. So that, there's that, that, that aspect. Yes, 3-7. and seven. You knew this was a flawed roster. You knew there was a lot of talent, but there were holes defensively. You knew this was going to take time. You knew all of these things. You also knew that the team hired Adrian Griffin. Why? Because you were a consultant for that behind the scenes. You believed in Adrian Griffin. And so it does look a little shady that you came into a position after the guy that you helped get hired in the first place. So you don't have a lot of benefit of the doubt there. And now this team is struggling. A terrible loss Thursday night again, uh, the Thursday before All-Star Weekend in Memphis against a shorthanded yet spirited G League led Memphis Grizzly squad. Shout out to Taylor Jenks. He's, he's done a fabulous job keeping those guys engaged, making them believe. Though you can't have those losses though. So from that aspect, for Doc to say some of these guys were here, some of them were Cabo, I don't mind that because you don't need to be completely locked in to be able to go in and win a game like that. Okay. So the players deserve some responsibility on that aspect. Now, JJ no Redick. No doubt. JJ Redick. Let me get to him. Okay. JJ was there. I believe he got there when Doc got there. That was one of the first moves Doc made as president of basketball operations of the Clippers in the summer of 2013. He brought in JJ Redick. He wanted to pair him with Chris Paul and the Lob City Clippers in the backcourt. Now, Clippers went through some heartache during those years. They they blew a 3-1 series lead in 2015. That to me was their best shot, even though that was the Warriors year to win it. That was their best shot to really challenging Golden State and getting to the finals and perhaps winning a championship. The two years after that, Blake and Chris got hurt in in, uh, 2016. Blake gets hurt again in the 2017 first round series. And then that was pretty much the end of Lob City. And then they, you know, rebuilt until they got to the Kawhi era. The problem with Doc is, and we saw this in Philly, lack of adjustments. Lack of adjustments when things aren't working, a stubbornness that his way is the right way, like we've seen with many coaches. And there are times where there hasn't been a ton of accountability either. He was quick to put Ben Simmons on blast. He was quick to put the Clippers on blast when they blew that 3-1 series lead in the bubble in 2020. But at the same point in time, I, I hear where JJ is coming from, but I think it got a little bit too personal. But I, but I respect the Way aspect of what? It ain't personal? Way too personal. Way too personal, right. Way too personal. Yeah, so I, I hear you on that. But what I respect JJ for, and Chaz, you and I have talked about this, about Darvin Ham. We don't like coaches who make too many excuses either. You know, Darvin Ham, well, you know, we've been banged up and everything like that. So has everybody else, man. And you've had your two-star players, and you've been all too quick to hide behind that injury excuse rather than say, 
I haven't dialed in the rotations. I haven't dialed in the schemes. I haven't done this. Back when the Lakers were struggling right. in, got, in December and January. Hachimura that you buried on the bench, and you finally play him, and he has 36 points. Exactly. And a big road win before the All-Star game, or All-Star break. So, the yeah. core of these issues is accountability and knowing when to deflect the blame. That is the problem. Now, the Bucks, to me, what I see, and then I'll finish it off here, is a lack of belief and a lack of an identity who are we? What kind of team are we? Because the team that we won with is not the same team now. We were a defensive-minded squad. This is not a defensive-minded squad. This is a two-headed monster with some leftover pieces from that championship season. And what are we now? Are we an offensive team? Are we a defensive team? Can we become a defensive team or at least a more credible defensive team? I don't know if even, and I said this before, can Doc Rivers save a squad that doesn't believe in who they are and where they're going? Can any coach for that matter? That's the question. So that to me exposed the bigger issue of this little tiff. Absolutely. So I will see. I think the Milwaukee Bucks actually, I'll just ask this side. I think they will get it together. I think they will go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think it's going to be them in Boston in an epic series. Epic series. Switching gears really quick to finish off the show in a different note with a different sport. Baseball is now upon us you are now going to see Shohei Otani you're going to see the San Diego Padres and the Dodgers be the first spring training game on ESPN on Thursday um, you got to hear from Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon Rendon had some very very questionable comments I don't even know really what to make of him I'll just let you hear it first here is it still a top priority for you that's never been a top priority for me this is a job so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time it is. So. Did you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have baseball? answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically answered it. Thank you. <laughs> now with Anthony Rendon, I. This just sounds like somebody who doesn't like the fans, doesn't like his job, doesn't want to do his job, doesn't want to be there, has to be there. I'm just here so I don't get fined. And it just, it's such an entitled attitude to Um, me. Like, easy, easy lumping in. Uh, Real quick, can I just cut you off for a sec? Don't lump in Beast Mode with this guy. Beast Mode loved football. He hated the media. Continue. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Anthony Rendon argues with fans, hates the media, gets paid $245 million, and I get it. Absolutely. Your, Your faith, your family comes before your job. Your job is what you do, not who you are to a certain certain aspect. But the great ones, your job is who you are. Actually, it's not a job if you love what you do. You don't love it. You don't have that passion for the game. Like somebody like Shohei does, mm-hmm. who has mapped out his entire life and knew he was going to the Dodgers before he even became a free agent. So there's somebody like that who you used to play with who left your squad because he knew that people like you had that type of mentality and that lack of a fire so for anthony rendon i feel sorry for the fans that you play for i feel sorry for people that have to buy tickets that have to come see you play i'm not buying an angels ticket ever ever so i don't have to worry about it but for those that do it's just a stain on the game and and he's just sustained with those comments and that sucks it really does suck for those fans it speaks to the ownership. It speaks to the organization. And I really wish Mike Trout, Mike Trout would get out of there, but he's loyal. And, hey, he's just going to go down as one of the greatest players to never win not a single postseason series. So, mm. Chris, what would you make of Rendon's comment? Um, th- I hate – first of all, Chad, Chaz, I know you're a God-fearing man. You're a Christian. I'm a Catholic, right? Yes, faith is important in people's lives. And I think where what I hate about what people do with religion sometimes, Chaz, 
is hide it, hide behind it. You hide behind it to avoid criticism. You hide behind it to throw rocks, from, to throw stones at a glass house. You hide behind it. So, so, you, so if anyone criticizes you, the reaction will be, how could you criticize a God-fearing family man? No, because I never heard about this talk, uh, you know, b- before from Anthony Rendon. You know, I don't know when he, I know he's married with four kids. You know, yeah, he did mention it's not the same as you, what you were in your 20s. It's funny though, you didn't have a problem, you know, collecting that $245 million paycheck from the angels, making 34 million a- annually. Where was the God and family talk then? Where was it? I didn't hear it. No, this is to me, a prime example of narrative switching to avoid criticism and to make the media and fans look like jackasses to hold your ass accountable. That to me is low, it's hitting below the belt, and I don't give a shit what your religion is, how many kids you have. That's great. You're a family man. So is everybody else. Patrick Mahomes is a father of two and married. What's he going out there and doing? Winning effing Super Bowls. Kobe, girl dad. What was he going out there doing? Winning championships. Michael Jordan had three young kids when he was winning his six effing championship. I, I you know... It's, it is possible to walk and chew gum at the same time, but this isn't the first, and this isn't the first comment from this guy. This season is too long and, and getting into it with fans. You know what? That fan was right. You are a POS bro. I hate to say it, but you are the way you've treated the media, the way you've treated the, the, uh, the loyal fans of Anaheim. I get it. Chaz, we're not the biggest angel fans, but I've always respected the city of Anaheim and that fan base and the culture that was built under the great Mike Sosha, you know, for, yeah, they only have the one world series championship, but for a span of about seven, eight years, death taxes and the angels winning the AL West. That's what you could always bank on because Mike Sosha had guys who loved baseball. They weren't the most talented 25 guys out there, but David Eckstein, Scott Spezio, Benji Molina, Darren Erstad, Adam Kennedy, Garrett Anderson, Troy Gloss, Tim Salmon, those were guys who loved the game of baseball, borderline all-stars at best. And unfortunately, Gloss got caught juicing at the end, but that's neither here nor there. This is a big, this exposed, what you said earlier was absolutely spot on. This exposes the bigger issues of the Angels, and that is a flawed, inept, incompetent, and worst of all, clueless ownership group. That's what this reflects. Well said, man. Well said. And I'll and I'll I'm not even gonna jump on top of that. I'm just gonna switch over enough about a losing ass team like them, like the Angels. Talk about a winning ass team like the LA Dodgers because Shohei Otani has taken his first life batting practice on Wednesday. Um, he's taken several batting uh, batting. I'm sorry. He's taken several at bats in the cage. And- yeah live sessions and is going to have uh, I believe his first game spring training game next week in Arizona in the Cactus League Chris mm. what do you make of Shohei Otani getting in the cage and hitting 10 out of 21 swings going yard how good is he going to make the Dodgers and do you take the Dodgers win total over or under 104 wins? I'm going to say it's going to be right at 104. I'm going to say maybe slightly over 105. I'll, I'll say, you know, it, it really depends on injuries. But yeah, uh, Shohei has looked great so far. Uh, you know, it's good to see him. First of all, it's good to see him healthy. I think we forget this guy was just coming off, not Tommy John, but he was coming off of a very serious elbow surgery back in September of last year. So it's great to see him healthy. And it's great to see him learn in Spanish with Teoscar Hernandez, him and uh, Yoshiyama Yamamoto. You know, Teoscar's going to learn a little Japanese, arigato, you know, and uh, he's going to learn a little, you know, uh, some buenos dias, uh, muchos gracias, you know, buenas tardes, donde esta de biblioteca, you know, he's going to learn all of that. So it's it's great to see all of these guys kind of come together. on that by the way that was some clean spanish don't even try Chaz. don't even try that was some clean espanol is that, is, that, is that where is the library 
Yes, it is. And it's the only thing that I could say clean, big dog. No, but he's looked good. And you know what's funny? Uh, JP Fireisen got teed off on by Shohei Otani and BP. And Evan Phillips said, you want me to get that ball so he can autograph it? But at the same point in time, uh, I think Shohei should get Blake Trinan's autograph because Blake Trinan, the off-injured right-hander, great slider. Yes, struck out Shohei Otani in the BP. So good to, I mean, I hate it for Shohei, but it's good to see Blake trying and finally get up and healthy and everything like that. And I think the Dodgers are going to be fun to watch. Uh, still some question marks with the pitching staff. Bueller's not going to be ready till probably May or June. Uh, take that for what it is. Dodgers are going to handle Gavin Stone, step up. Yeah, Let's it's, it's going to be up to Stone and Grove and some of these other young pitchers. James Paxton is healthy. So step yeah. up, you're back. I can't and wait. To see he's Gavin looked Lutz. good. He's looked good in some of the interesting Gavin Lutz questions. is back. Yeah. And Hell by, yeah. Do you know what Freddie Freeman said about Yoshi Yamamoto when he stepped in the box against him? Thank God this guy's on our team. Yeah, his stuff is absolutely that's the that's the player I'm most excited for outside of Natanya, of course. Yoshinobu Yamamoto has the most electric stuff, they say, that we've ever seen. So it's one thing to see it in an Instagram video. It'll be another thing to see it in the spring league. It'll be another thing to see it opening week in March. So another great show in the books, Chris, another week of great sports. You guys know where to follow us. You can follow me on Instagram at Chaz P on Twitter at Chaz Pearson. Chris, where can they follow you? You can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, well, on Twitter at, Chris underscore Camello on Instagram, C Camello one, and be sure to follow our show on our social media pages at the outlet forum. That's at the outlet forum, Chaz NBA season, second half, or maybe I should say the, the final leg of the regular season, not really half, uh, comes back on Thursday. So we'll have a lot more to talk about on the NBA front next week. We'll be getting into all of those teams who will make that second half push third leg push like you say of the season we'll get to you guys next week thanks for listening another great week of the outlet forum be on the lookout for those clips and like comment subscribe see you guys next week peace